Hey, welcome back. We're going to continue our spiritual warfare uh, small group series on Battle Plan from My Search for Prayer Satan Hates. A free downloadable PDF transcript of this uh, podcast is available on our website at active-faith.org. Fear versus faith. That's the topic for today. Fear versus faith. This is a big one. This is going to be a longer one than usual. Let me start with Hebrews 11.27 NLT. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Have you ever woke up in the middle of the night thinking about some serious problem? I have, and I think it's fairly common. It might be a serious problem at work. Uh, you lie there and you think, uh, what can I do to fix this? If I don't find a solution, this is going to cause another serious issue. If that happens, then it's all going to get much worse. If it gets worse, there's no way I can handle it. If I can't handle it, I'll have to give up. If I give up, people will lose respect for me. If that happens, I'll bring shame on my family and shame on my church. Wouldn't everybody just be better off if I was dead? Wouldn't my family and my church be better off if I simply died before all these bad things could happen? You see how it works? Maybe you don't take it that far, but that's exactly how it starts. And if you let it, these fears get worse and worse. And then, and then by morning, the problems are way too big for anybody to handle. It's all a lie from Satan. It's designed to steal your life. But if he can't convince you to take it that far, it's designed to rob your effectiveness. This includes your effectiveness as a father, a husband, a Christian, a leader in your church, whatever you're doing. But the good news is this. You have a choice as to whether or not you let this happen. Literally, you can choose what to focus on. And it's really simple. You get to choose between faith, and fear. Lord, help me realize I have a choice of what to focus and meditate on, fear or faith. I've tried fear. I've let my mind wander down many paths of various fears. It didn't help anything. Now I'm ready to try faith. I'm ready to focus on all your promises instead of my fears. From here on, every time fear starts to grip me, help me to choose the path of faith in Jesus' name. Now, some are choosing fear. Matthew 8, 26, NLT says, Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was great calm. You can have calm in the middle of your storm. If you let yourself focus on your fears, something terrible, even sinister, begins to happen. Your fears grow bigger and badder. Seriously. The more you think about them, the more your mind enlarges their badness, their scope, their eventual repercussions. They literally grow into monsters. If this sequence happens in the night when you wake up, by morning, they're enormous. They're way bigger than you'll ever be able to handle. They especially grow in the dark. Why is that? It's because Satan likes to work at night. He works in the shadows. He works in the darkness. 
The good news is that real life result of the problems you lay there and worry about at night never end up as bad as you imagine they will. That's how Satan works. He amplifies your fears until there's no room at all for faith. However, if you make a different choice, those same fears evaporate. Let me tell you a little secret about Satan. He does his best work in the dark. Lord, when I wake up in the dark and start to worry, help me to know who to pray for. Give me the name of someone who's in trouble and needs your help desperately. May this process keep me from focusing on my fears. I lay all my fears at your feet and trust you with the outcome. In Jesus' name. I hope you will begin to choose faith. Joshua 24, 15 NLT says, choose today whom you'll serve. Faith is a choice. It's a real, literal, daily choice. And if you're willing to make that choice, fear disappears like the morning dew. But it takes training. You must train yourself to focus on your faith in God's promises. Matthew 6, King James Version. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you really seek the things of God above all else, he promises to provide all of your needs. Not 10%, not 50%, 100%. You either believe it or you don't. Romans 8, 28, NLT says, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Are you called according to his purpose for, for you? Do you love God? Do you actually seek him and your kingdom purpose for him? Then everything that happens to you is allowed by God or is the will of God. Do you really believe this? If you doubt this scripture, when you face difficulties in life, then you really don't believe what God says in Romans 8, 28. It's a faith issue. It's a trust issue. Consider what Joseph said to his brothers, the very people who sold him into slavery. Genesis 50, verse 20, NLT. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Meditate on what Moses says here in Deuteronomy to Israel about the fact that God let many bad things happen to them. Deuteronomy 8, 2 to 5, NLT. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. Zechariah even goes so far as to say that the fires and trials of life lead to a dependency on God. 
I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, these are my people. And they will say, the Lord is God. Zechariah 13, 9, NLT. David even says that his own suffering taught him a most valuable lesson. Psalm 119, 71, NLT. My suffering was good for me for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. There are promises from God, the same one who spoke the earth into existences, that you need to believe these promises. God is the mighty king of the universe. You know, the word universe literally means everything that exists everywhere. He promises protection, Genesis 15:1. Provision, Hebrews 3, 18 and 19. Personal involvement, Matthew 28, 20, and in the end, purification for all his people, Titus, 1, Titus 2, 14. The real question is this, do you believe him? It's that simple. You get to make the choice. Do you believe the lies, the urges, the thoughts that Satan is constantly throwing at you, especially in the dark? Or do you believe the creator? Some say that worry is faith in Satan. Who do you trust? This is the most important and difficult decision you'll ever make. Here's why. Fear and faith are mutually exclusive. Fear and faith can't coexist. It turns out if you let yourself focus on your fears, your faith evaporates. But if you train yourself to focus on your faith and the promises of God, your fears disappear. Have you ever thought about it? It's impossible to be full of fear and full of faith at the same time. We like to try to mix them like we mix hot and cold water, but it just comes out in a Christian's walk as a lukewarm life. We all know how God hates that. Look up Revelation 3, 14 to 19, and the discussion of how God feels about the lukewarm church in Laodicea. He will just spit you out and be rid of you. So begin today to train yourself. Trust God's many promises. Read them. Study them. Meditate on them until they become an integral part of your daily life and activities. That way, you begin to learn to recognize when Satan throws new lies at you. And you'll also know why he's doing it. He does it to destroy your faith and separate you from God forever. Don't let that happen. Lord, throughout my whole life, my reaction to problems has been fear. Then on that backdrop of fear, I've tried to work out all my own problems. From now on, help me, my natural reaction to become prayer and trust in your provision. You've already brought me through so much, so I have no reason to believe you won't get me through this too. Open my eyes to the path I should take. May it be the one that brings you the most glory. In Jesus' name. Here's one possible solution. 1 Samuel 12, 24 NLT says, be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he's done for you. Try the following. It works for me. One day it dawned on me, maybe God is waking me up in the night to pray for somebody else. I'm his servant, aren't I? I pledged my life to him and his agenda at my baptism, didn't I? Perhaps someone else needs me right now to pray for them. So one night I tried it. I said to the master, okay, Lord, I'm awake. Is there someone you want me to pray for right now? 
usually the name of someone I know would pop into my head and I would pray for them and then go back to sleep soundly. You see, Satan quit waking me up at night because I joined the battle against him. Try that in your life. Finally, remember, you're the only one dealing with the issue. You're not the only one dealing with this issue of fear. David had the same problem. Psalm 34, 4 in LT. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me, freeing me from all my fears. Lord, I'm your servant. It's not the other way around. You aren't my Santa Claus in the sky, available to do my bidding and fix each problem I go as I go down my list. Help me to be willing to change my plans and my schedule to suit your work around me. Lord, most of my life, I've decided what I wanted to do for you and for the kingdom and then ask you to bless it. Now I realize how arrogant that is. Open my eyes to where you're already at work around me, Lord, and show me how to join in in Jesus name. So in light of today's thoughts, let me suggest part of your personal battle plan might be to consider the following discussion thoughts. Number one. Discuss the things you fear the most. Identify the issues, and that's half the battle. Two, think about the underlying reasons these things cause you fear. Why are you sad? Why are you angry? Why are you afraid? Why are you offended? Is it rooted in a situation from the past? Is it rooted in your own pride or your own earthly desires? Number three, pray and ask God, for his help to overcome the underlying issue. Then watch him work a miracle in your life. And let me remind you to keep praying because prayer works. God loves you and I love you. Have a great day.